I'm recording, yeah. Because you said go, so I, I did say go. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you should say three, two, one, record. Because I could have just got up and walked away at that point. <laughs> About three, two, one, action. Yeah, that'll work. But then they don't say three, two, one in the films. They they do it they do it quietly and just they count on the fingers. I mean, we could try doing that now, but I'm not sure it would work over sound. No, it wouldn't work without the visual. I think. How, how about I click like I click with my fingers? That's still it's still audio though. Yeah, so they do it like that so that there's not a they don't risk it catching on on the thing or something. And they, pro- they probably don't go through all of this stuff because they know that they don't like awkward beginnings are quite an awkward thing for movies. Yeah, but not for podcasts because this <laughs> is how we start. Hours. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Wargamers Anonymous with me, Josh from the Pickle Jar, and my esteemed co-host, Elston from Elstonation. Good um, morning, darling. Good we're morning. Back. I, we are back. I know we said last time we said that we were back, and then we went away again. Uh, but we're back this time properly. Um, apologies for the lack of episodes. Um, yes. I was at Golden Demon, and because I was there, we obviously didn't record that week. Mm-hmm. And then and the week then after, the week that. after, yeah, the week after that, and the week after that, I had my son. Um, I had him two weeks in a row because of obviously I'd missed the week when I was at Golden Demon, and um, we didn't get to record those weeks. Um, and the opportunity we did have to record was uh, my partner's birthday, so that ended up not giving us an opportunity to record. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. all just been a busy few weeks, but we're back. We're back to our regular schedule now. So you've got this episode and then it'll be every couple of weeks, every on the Mondays, mm-hmm. um, back to normal. So back to fill um, your ear holes. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy the show, leave us a like, leave us a comment, leave us a review, um, share it out with your nerd friends. If you think that they would enjoy listening to us to yeah. waffle on about hobby, ish related stuff um and yeah let's uh let's just spread the hobby love elston how are you because we've we've actually not really spoken that much for the last few weeks uh, no like brief sort of messages passing like ships in the dark mm-hmm. um but other than that we've, we've not messaged as much as normal so how have you been i've been i've been uh uh, it's been interesting. Work is, uh, from my side of things, my work is getting rather busy at the moment. Um, we are going through an expansion phase. So, yeah, I'm I'm going through the rigors of being head engineer whilst the company is starting to grow. And now I'm like... You're yeah. starting to grow. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting little point of uh, turmoil. Not in a bad way, but... Um, uh, yeah, there's been various other things going on. I've been painting like a madman. Um, I've been spending a lot of my time over at Valrak streams uh, watching that because uh, it's quite, <laughs> I find it quite entertaining as well. So, uh, and he's going to be showing up in one of my videos in the near future. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Um, and I've got a wonderful clip, which you, you're going to, it makes me laugh every time I, I, and if something makes me laugh that much, I definitely know it's going to make everyone else laugh. So, uh, yeah, I've been good. I've, yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I'll ask how you are first before I tell you what I've been like, what I've been painting and stuff like that. So how are you old Capitan Pigal? Um, I'm all right. Yeah. It's been, 
It's been a weird old few weeks for me. I think since the last podcast that we did, um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a weird old time. Um, Geek Gaming Scenics, we are now out of the unit that we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plan was to move into a different unit. We have ended up, we are back at Luke's for the time being. <laughs> um, Luke's units. Uh, yeah, well, Luke's uh, <laughs> upstairs of his house, the top floor. Uh, so, so back to recording videos there. So it's sort of like adjusting, getting used to filming there again. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I've had plenty of stuff. So I've been working from home for the, the most of the last couple of weeks. Um, right. I've only been in into the like studio into luke's house like twice i think okay um to just do some little bits and then the rest of the time i've been at home i've started filming my own video for geek gaming scenics um that is solo is, is just me going fully solo um so that's been fun uh in terms of me and and my channel um yeah things have been pretty hectic um <laughs> I this last week to be fair, this last couple of weeks, I feel like I have received a million packages um, <laughs> with different things, and it's all stuff that I've kind of planned to do content on, but then it all turned up at the same time, and I I had a couple of days where my mind was just like blurred, it's completely blown out and just shut down because I was <laughs> like I couldn't decide which I wanted to do first and how I wanted to do things. <laughs> you know when you have sort of plans lined up and you go I'll do this, that'll be cool. Yep. And then I'll do this for a different video, that'll be cool. And then I'll do this for this one. <laughs> and then everything everything arrived at once and it, it to be honest, I wanted to have all of those videos out this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically because because my head couldn't cope with the amount of stuff I ended up not doing anything. Um, I have started filming a couple of them, but they're going to be out next week, probably probably now. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of what I've been working on, oh, actually, no, I'll ask you what you've been working on first. Okay, Um, okay. Well, because then uh, it's back and forth, and that's that's how podcasts work. Yeah, back (laughs) (laughs) like a seesaw. Yeah. So um, I have that would be a fun image. You and me on a seesaw. (laughs) <laughs> you were just stuck up in the air yeah like dangling like can i come down now please no um <laughs> i have uh i i've been uh yeah t- interesting stuff has been happening um i've got through the bulk of the iron warriors project i'm doing with valrak i've just got to do some characters and i'm waiting for him to send me the primark and then paint that up and then that project is done and out the way so there'll be a video coming up uh, valrak's what iron warriors yeah i thought he did imperial fists he does but he got bullied into doing iron warriors because they're the enemies of the imperial fists so his chap bullied him and said uh i think it was like a thing if he raised enough money he said he'd do iron warriors um so he was like oh, i've got to do iron warriors and i messaged him and i was like if you want a hand i i'm a pretty quick painter so he was just like yep elston's doing it and then so te- so technically he's not doing iron warriors you're doing iron warriors n- no yeah however there's uh basically the the army's getting painted up by me getting sent back to valrak he's going to do a battle report and then it's going to be sort of auctioned off for charity That's uh cool. so it's kind of like yeah he's kind of 
he's kind of cheated on his promise to his chat, but at the same time, we the idea is to make some money for the charity. And um, last time he did a army like this, he made fifteen thousand pounds. So that's cool. The, so the idea is to kind of eclipse that if we can. So yeah, um, as I said, that's kind of been done. I've been going into an interesting phase of trying to sell stuff to make room for things. So, um, uh, sadly, the Necrons are gone. Um, sorry. Hannah, I am so upset. <laughs> um, actually, I've got some interesting little characters for you as well. So, I'll uh, I'll let you know about those. Um, from, um, oh. <gasps> Have you, you've got, you've got, the, I know which one you've got. The, you've got uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, is it War Games exclusive? Was that the yeah, car? you've got the the four armed uh, Necron Lord guy, haven't you? Yeah. What the Mister Grievous? Mm. Yeah, yeah, him and two others. Ooh, yeah, including a spider lady Necron. Uh, so Ooh. yeah, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you know about those uh, when, okay. we, when we next meet in person. Um, cool. Uh, so I've been doing that. I've been selling stuff. So the Necrons are gone. My Iron Jaws are gone. They never really made an appearance anyway. Um, videos on the Iron Jaws are the video I did recently uh, that came out the other day. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful little thing. And I've created a character called the Narrator. And he's definitely showing up in more videos because he is wonderful. Um, so yeah, go check that video out because... Yeah, he was really fun to put together. Um, and yeah, I've been selling other things, uh, including Thousand Suns. I have finished my B1 Battle Droids this morning. Nice. Uh, so I've got 50 of them all painted up. The only things I haven't done are the little yeah, colors. Just 50. Yeah, just the 50. Uh, they take longer than I thought they were going to, to paint. So just give you a Give over. Up. They do, yeah, yeah. They don't. Yeah, the, the color I put down, I went with Agros Tunes. Um, right. and they, they came out not quite what I wanted. So I had to do a dry so, brush over them afterwards. I tried out a few different paints when I was testing mine before I've started working on my big Star Wars project, which I'll, I'll talk about in a bit. Hmm. I tried out a few different paints to, to get the color that I wanted for them. So I tried out a uh, skeleton horde, uh, contrast paint. I yep. tried out, uh, the, whatever the army painter skeleton burn paint is. Oh, okay. Like their speed paint one. I can't remember what it's called. It's something skeleton burn or something. Okay. okay. Um, I tried out the Green Stuff World dipping ink that is <laughs> the the burn coloured one, and then I thought, just I'll see what this looks like. And I tried the uh, is it Seraphim Sepia wash yep, yep. Um, over the so this is all over the top of uh, white burn spray or wraith burn spray if you're using the GW one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Seraphine Sepia one uh, actually looks the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used that. I did because I built this four. I built one of the expansion boxes that I'd got. Um, yeah. And just painted four of those. And I used that for the droid. And then I used, uh, I think it was just the uh, black contrast paint for the weapons. Um, and it, I don't think it needs a dry brush because it's it's light enough already because it's just mm-hmm. a, a wash rather than a contrast. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't darken them down quite as much, but it does enough. Okay. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what yours end up like as well because uh, like when we finally get around to having the like Battle or Star Wars thing, just to see mm. kind of the comparison. Because yeah, initially I thought my Agros Dunes looked okay, and then like... 
when I looked at the whole lot, I was like, mm, it just needs to be a little bit lighter. But maybe, hopefully, you've come up. Hopefully, that seraphim sepia is a better hack than my one. So, because yeah, like I said, I tried them all out because there's, I'd got that many different paints, um, which again we'll talk about in a bit. Mm. Um, but I've got that many, and I was like, I don't know which one is going to look best. So I thought there's I'd just better test them all. And yeah, well, yeah, surprisingly, I think it's just because it it it's more of a tint rather than a stain. And I know yeah. that sounds really weird because it's essentially the same thing, but yeah, it doesn't. It's not a it's not a paint. It is a shade, so it just tints the the wraithbone color rather than completely covering it. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued intrigued to see how it sits in the like cracks um because that's that'll be the interesting thing because hopefully it'll, it's like dark enough to still create the contrast mm-hmm. um uh yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how yours turn out i'll i'll send you some pics of mine so we can we can compare and um, yeah yeah so what have you been up to hobby wise and stuff what have i been up to um <laughs> so since the last podcast um i have I put my video out that was um, where I'd painted the the 3D printed female Space Ranger from mm-hmm. Warp Miniatures. Yep, yep. Um, that was a really fun video to do. It took me like a couple of hours to film and record um, and paint. Um, and it was all based off of a video that I'd watched from uh, of Ninjons where yep. he'd... Uh, he'd done like the underneath spray and then the two zenithals and stuff. And I took the idea and just thought, what can you do with this? Like using this more as your colors rather than just the base color. And then, cause like the one that he did, he covered most of it up with the, the layering. Um, and I wanted right. to see what happens if I just left that visible and then just added the highlights and maybe a couple of extra defining like pa- panel lines and stuff. Sure. Um, so that, that video came out um, and yeah, that was fun. Uh, I was at Golden Demon, which was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah. was that was a fantastic weekend. I was there from the Thursday right through to the Sunday. Um, got to meet a load of people, uh, some of whom I have known for a while. Um, like I met up with uh, with Guy and a bunch of the GW people, cool. and uh, a few people from uh, Instagram and Twitter and stuff that I've sort of spoken with or followed online for a while but never met in person um it was really good it was it was a hell of a lot of fun um unfortunately i didn't place with my vulcan model um but it's i'm not i'm not not that i'm not bothered but i'm not sad about it uh the level of painting that was on display was absolutely ridiculous Um, yeah so Don Demon is a a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, a level um, of crazy. But I had I had a hell of a lot of fun. It was a great weekend, and um, I'm looking forward to going to next year's. I've already booked my hotel. Um, nice. So you, is this the one in Manchester? Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm yeah. thinking about making a trip up there. Are you going? Are yes. you going for all weekend? Yes, I will be there from the Friday night until Monday morning. Okay, um, I'm gonna have a thing. I'm not a hundred percent sure I can do the entire weekend because my brother's stag do is the weekend after. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be out that weekend as well, and two weekends of not being around. Uh, <laughs> you should definitely trouble. come up. I'll come. Yeah, I might just be a day thing then. Might not, not yeah, be yeah, the enough. entire weekend. Um. So yeah. So I did Golden Demon. That was fun. Um. 
I I have got a follow up video planned, um, mm-hmm. but I've not had chance to record that yet. Um, okay, it's, lo- it's lo- logistics for that one, um, but it's going to be fun when I do that. I think, um, nice. and it'll be interesting. And then uh, most recently, I put out my uh, beginner's guide for miniature painting. I saw um, that it was a very good one. Yeah, I just do you know what it. it I often get lost and forget that uh, a large portion of my audience and just the hobby in general is people that are sort of new and that are coming in and that are, you know, they're just starting out on that journey. And and when we do videos and when we speak to people and stuff, we, we, we forget that, you know, you, when we use terms like when we just say, oh yeah, I just did a glaze on this and dry brush this and I zenithaled this and, uh, these are all it's all terms that some people don't know what they mean because they're not familiar with them because you know they've they've gone to games workshop they've got a model and they've just slapped a base layer on it and that's it right um so i wanted to go through sort of like a step-by-step and explain what each thing is and what it is that i'm doing and why i'm doing it like but not in like a condescending way yeah but just yeah. in a like if you are brand new to the hobby and you want to know, like, if you someone says, "Oh, you need to prime your model," you might not oh. know what that means, and you mm-hmm. might not know what you need to use or what you can use, or do you know what I mean? It, yep. Stuff like that. And I thought I'll do it in a video. I did think about doing it as like a few, a series of smaller videos, but then I just thought I can do all this in one video. It, it made more sense. It's um, very, it's very considerate of you doing that because I've been doing this for so long now that it's, uh, I, as you say, you forget. You, you forget that you know all these terms and all these things. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'm evolving into the step of old man where I'm not going to tell you my secrets anymore <laughs> kind of element. Um, but yeah. It's, I just looked it, at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. It's really, it's really good as well. It's, um, it's, it's nice seeing that tutorial. I think if I, the takeaway I took away from that is maybe I should start teaching again, like, doing tutorials and just trying to figure out a way to do it. Cause seeing that I was like, yeah, maybe I should tell people how I should do things. But, uh, yeah, I am, I am thinking about doing a couple of follow up videos, um, sort of like, uh, more, like some more advanced techniques or like you, st- you've done this one and you're happy with those results and here's how you can push them a bit further, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so like doing maybe an intermediate and then, I don't know if I can do an advanced one because I'm not the sort of I'm not like that sort of painter. But um, sure, yeah, maybe explaining uh, some other bits. So I'm thinking about doing some follow-ups for that. Um, but you could you could always just document your journey as you become a better painter as well, which is yeah. One of the- I mean, to be fair, that's pretty much what my channel is. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's just showing off stuff that I'm working on and. Yeah, if yeah. I go back and look at stuff that I used to paint and then on videos and then look at stuff now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have improved. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, yay, I'm getting better. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that's what I've done video-wise. Uh, in terms of painting, I've been working on quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember if I mentioned what I was painting for work. I don't think I did because I think I started it after Golden Demon. Mm. Um, but I have been i painted a giant snail oh i saw the pictures of that on um yeah uh yeah one of your shows 
Yeah, so I, I painted a giant snail for work. That video, I think, is coming out. Uh, well, it'll already be out by the time this podcast goes out. I think that's coming out tomorrow, Sunday. Okay. Um, I think. Okay. Um, so I finished painting it. The painting is done. I had a hell of a lot of fun working on it. Um, and then it is now with Luke, and he is building a massive sort of orc fortress on its back. Oh, um, cool. Which I have seen, and it looks insane when I saw it, and there's more stuff to go on it, so it's going to look even more insane by nice. the time it's done. Um, so yeah, that video should be out uh, Sunday, I think. Luke's editing that one. Um, okay, I'm intrigued to see. I'm intrigued to see that because you've been editing a lot of the videos recently, haven't you? All For... of the videos. So I'm Luke, intrigued. Luke's, since I started uh, working with Luke, Luke has edited one video. Um, okay, I am intrigued. I mean, it is my job. So yeah, yeah. I'm just intrigued to see how Luke. <laughs> what, what it's like because I've, I've been I really enjoying du- the- I double checked and I said are you sure and he said yes um, <laughs> so yeah okay. Luke said it in that one um, oh. I think ma- mainly because I'd got a, I'd got the video that came out yesterday to finish editing right. and okay. Luke had not finished working on the snail and the video needs right. to go out Sunday so we were conscious that we wouldn't get everything out if, if I had to do everything um, sure Okay. So yeah, Luke's working on that one. Um, I've been working on my own solo video where I'm painting up some um, Aeronautica models. Um, okay. That's for Geek Gaming Scenics, which will probably be out uh, maybe towards the back end of next week, maybe the start of the week after. I'm not 100% sure yet Okay. because um, I've not finished filming it yet. But I've been working on that because I've been working from home a lot. Um, basically, Luke and his entire household have been ill for the last... Two weeks, pretty much, um, which has meant that I've been at, I've been into the studio twice to film, and then the rest of the time I've been at home mm. uh, editing stuff that we'd already got filmed, and then I started filming this so that I, I was actually doing something for the channel. Gotcha. Um, so that's been fun. And then on top of that, I what else have I worked on recently? <laughs> um, painting wise, I've like painted a couple of random bits uh, where I've just been trying out some new paints. Like I've got a three D skeleton bust that I printed, and I've been trying out some UV paints on that nice. um, for the like eyes, so they glow and stuff. Um, I started, I've I've started work on the big Star Wars project. Mm, um, nice, did see. see. Yeah, so I'm about halfway through building all of my stuff, and mm. I have run out of space in my cabinet for all my Star Wars stuff. <laughs> um, so I need to move my Vulcan model and the picture that's in that top shelf so that yeah. I can put Star Wars stuff in there. Um, but I've basically Wonderful. got everything that I've already got built again, and a tank, and loads <laughs> of characters. <laughs> um yeah 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 bit bit ambitious with you like i'm just gonna smash it out in a month well that that was the plan the plan was to get it all done this month but then i had other bits that i like i wanted to get my golden demon video out i didn't want to leave that a month after the fact sure um so like i started off the month with that Yep. Getting that finished. Yep. Uh, editing stuff. And then I thought, right, once this is edited and out, then I can focus on it. Yeah. And that went out on the, I think the 10th. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? And and then what happened is I had a sponsor for a video and yep. I had to film a video for that. 
Yeah. Um, that sponsored, uh, by the way, quick side note, uh, mm. Anthems of War. Like, this mm. is a, a separate plug that I'm not being paid for. Okay. Um, that rule system looks really interesting. Okay. Um, so the... We'll speak about it in a bit, uh, sure, but it, sure, it, lo- sure. it looks really interesting. I'll put a link in the description if you want to check Anthems of War out. It's a brand new game system made by mm-hmm. an ind- small independent company. I think it's just one man. Um, it It is a really interesting take on tabletop skirmish gaming. Um, okay. So I highly recommend checking that out. But huh? So yeah, so I had a video to record for the ad for that. Yep. So that's why I did my uh, get in, Complete Beginner's Guide. Yep. Um, and here we are. I, I have been building. <laughs> I think if I had spent all month just doing Star Wars stuff, it would be done. That's the upsetting yeah. thing. But I sadly, I have you other are things that I, you are a content creator. And, yeah, yeah, I am literally a professional at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, uh, so it's not it's not quite gone as well as I'd like it to. And no. the big Star Wars projects might end up being. A something that I'd it well it might be something that I can't really get back to until December now um maybe I'm her, I'm going to try and get as much stuff built as I can before the end of this month but I have a Skaven army for Age of Sigmar that I need to get built before the end of November because yes. I, me and my friend are going to Warhammer World at the end yes. of November for Warhammer so yes. I, um, I I think I think at some point we should maybe or maybe this is the idea for the new year is mm. that Star Wars project, you bring it down here, and we will complete it. Like I Ian. want to do it by myself. I don't... Are you sure? Yes. I am capable. I, it's just... Yeah, I know. I, I'm just... I'm curious if I can focus and funnel you and train you to be pure Daniel it's not that that's not the issue the <laughs> issue is is that i have too many other things that i, I kind of want to do slash need to do for the channel yes yes um, part part of it part of it is if i'm being completely honest that i want to do a video for it yeah but i know that star wars legion isn't it sounds really really bad but star wars legion will not get as much clicks as no. like warhammer stuff because yes. it's not Games Workshop and it's not Warhammer. Yes. And that is a cynical point of view, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I am conscious of. And I, I don't know if that's having an effect on how much I'm doing for it. Like, I have got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff built. And I've basically, I've built, I want to leave plenty, enough stuff so that I can film some building footage. Sure. But then everything else I'm trying to get built in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes so sense. that it's all built. Painting-wise, it won't take long. No. Because the no. majority of what I've got is B1 battle droids, and they take no time at all. Yeah. Well, that's why we could... Either that, or if I come up for a visit at some point, we just, like... Like, we could just smash out the building, and then, obviously, you can do your filming for bits and bobs while we're doing it, but we could just get them all built in a day. Well, then, I, we'll have a think. I'm hoping yeah. that if, if if I don't get it done now, then it's going to be my Christmas project. Okay. Um, okay. Which is what I said last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, it, it it needs to it needs to stop. It, it, need, it needs to end. Um, I've been buying Star Wars Legion stuff now and acquiring it for over a year, and so far I have four b1 battle droids and one obi-1 kenobi finished yes um, so H- hence why i think 
the help of the Grand Master of Army completions. Uh, Do you know what? That's going to be my video. It's just going to be, listen, I'm just going to prove Elston wrong. I'm just going to get it all done in a, in a, in a day. <laughs> like, this is me proving you wrong, Elston. That's all the yeah. title. It's, it's not going to get yeah. very much clicks, but it'll be amazing no, but, for us. Yeah, but it's a big mic drop, in it? Um, so that's pretty much everything I've been working on. Um, outside of that, uh, there's a couple of other things I've started on. So I've, I got the... I got the new Kill Team box last week. Um, the, what's it, Shadow Vaults, that one? Yep. Yeah, I got the Shadow Vaults box set uh, that Games Workshop sent me. And uh, I've started working on, uh, I can talk about it now. So I've started working on the uh, the Nullwood uh, Underworld set as well, which, uh, cool. again, Games Workshop sent me. Um, the skeletons in that are absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. I've started working on those for, uh, on the Nullwood set for a video. Yeah. Um, yeah but that's about it for projects I've been working on I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start putting a caveat or like a a sort of cautionary thing at the beginning of uh, me asking you what have you been working on because the (laughs) amount of stuff that you are doing I'm like okay that took 20 minutes so (laughs) I know I know I'm really sorry I'm really sorry I think it's because like I it's because I work on stuff for me and then I also work on stuff for work so it's like yeah yeah. double double the stuff (laughs) like you work on stuff and like it sounds like I work on more than you but I don't like Because the amount, like you'll go, oh, I've been working on my whatever army. But then what you don't say is that that army is like a million models. Yeah, I I definitely don't sell it as much as I. Yeah, whereas I say (laughs) I've been working on some aeronautica stuff and that's four tiny ships. So, (laughs) Um, Okay, so after that um, massive, long, huge, throbbing section about um what is, i've been working on is is that what we would classify as a recap yeah last time on um, <laughs> my life <laughs> previously on war gamers and art <laughs> um so yeah let's move on to the main topic and the main topic of this video is uh miniature paint and <gasps> more specifically our recommendations. So mm. this is going to be basically just us recommending either individual, like specific paints, yep, or uh, entire ranges or yep. types of paint or whatever. Because I think between the two of us, we've used a lot of paint and we right. earn a lot of paint. And it's one of those questions that gets asked a lot. It comes up a lot in like Facebook groups and things like that. Like what's the best paint? What's the best paint for beginners? What what does everyone use? And blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things, I think it's the same as brushes. People fixate on it a little bit too much. Yeah, um, right. Because I think the assumption that a lot of people have is that if you use a better paint, then it will make you a better painter, right. which isn't always correct. Um, yeah. So well, just to – go on. I was just going to say, we're, we're, this is going to be relatively condensed. The subject could be monstrous, yeah. so we're going to – it's going to be compact, so yeah. yeah. There'll, there'll be things we leave out of this, but yeah. It's one of those things – so like, to start off with, um, I am just going to come out and say – uh, Citadel paint for people just getting into the hobby for beginners. Citadel paint, barring a couple of exceptions within the range, is good paint. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know, you know. I know it's Games Workshop. 
So a lot of people oh. just automatically dislike it. And Are I you sucking on GW's teeth? <laughs> it's just... For me, it, I used Games Workshop Paint, I used Citadel Paint for the majority of my time in the hobby. It's only really been over the last two, three years that I've experimented and started looking at other stuff and trying other stuff. And the main reason for that is it's readily available. Literally any hobby shop will mm. sell Games Workshop Paints. Like mm. they might sell other stuff as well. And they like some will sell Army Painter and some will sell Vallejo and whatever, but they will all sell Games Workshop stuff and they will pretty much all have most of the range as well. You absolutely chill out. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not that, it's it's readily available. And I think, like I said, barring a couple of colours, it is perfect for beginners. Now, Uh, yeah. I, I have something else to uh, minutely throw in on that. The GW pots are actually great for beginners because you can take out of the pot without having to. The all most of the other paint ranges imply that you have to have a palette. Mm-hmm. Where it, I, will, I would always advise having a palette, but the GW paint pots you don't necessarily need a palette. So yeah, you should definitely that. use a palette though. <laughs> yes, yeah, you should you should use it, but, but, but you don't need one. Yeah, if you're at the very beginning, very very beginning, and I'm trying to take my mind back into that, you don't necessarily yeah. need it. Um, the other reason that I would I recommend GW stuff uh, for people just getting into the hobby. Uh, a friend of mine recently he got back into the hobby, and when I when he asked what paints he'd need for his his army, and I recommended a load of Citadel stuff. He was like, well, that's not what you use. I thought you'd recommend the stuff that you use. Now, the main paint that I use are the Procol uh, range. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I like them because they are they cover really well. Um, I like the colors. I like the, the finish on them. The reason that I don't recommend those to people, especially just getting into the hobby or just getting back in, is for me, I really like the coverage. And they are fantastic for that. But then if you're trying to do things like uh, glazing, uh, layering, things like that, they need a lot more work to get them to the point where you can do that. Like you can absolutely do that sort of stuff with them, but because they're so opaque, yes, they you need to thin them down a hell of a lot and then they become harder to control. And they, for people they all, just get it, go on. Yeah, they're also just a little bit of a matte finish compared to the satin, yeah. so it can, yeah. that can throw and, people off sometimes. That's it. I like the matte finish, but for people just getting in, having that slightly satin finish, it adds a few sort of highlights onto stuff. So if you've not yes. highlighted stuff up quite as much, it yeah. kind of does that for you a little bit, and it yeah. just helps to sell, you know, your, mm-hmm. your highlighted areas on models. Yeah. So yeah, just straight out the gate, I would say Citadel as a whole. Like there are some exceptions. We all know, you know, white uh, white scar. Yeah. Is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to be fair, a, a lot of paint ranges, the whites aren't very good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. Also, GW have the contrast paint range, which is a godsend for beginners. Like I, I would highly recommend getting started going with contrast because it's just it's phenomenal. That yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to help you out no end. So, so I've already mentioned a couple. I've mentioned the Citadel range, um, which I guess yeah does include uh, contrast paint. I'm not sure I'd, whether I'd class it as a separate range, but it's, no, I, I, it's still part of Citadel, isn't yeah, it? But it's kind of it's it's a it's a very it's a different, different type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a very different paint. So yeah. and yeah, that's I guess that's a caveat as well with the manufacturers we're mentioning. There are like 
different types within all the all of the different manufacturing, like Army Painter, yeah. Citadel, mm-hmm. uh, Quill. All of them have kind of got different things that do really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing I think, and it's it's important to remember there isn't any one paint range that is better, and will you can just use that one and be yeah. amazing and and not need anything else. Like it's always better to mix and match and use different things for different things that you know that they're good at. Dare I say it? Shall I into? Shall I jump straight to the end and basically say the the best paint that you need is the one you like the most. spoiler alert (laughs) yeah sorry just to cut that into the the, put the end in the middle yeah basically you'll find the paints you you like but we're just going to give you some advice on things to maybe have a look at to maybe experiment with i wouldn't ever really say now that i've been doing this for all these years i would never really say buy one of the mega paint sets there's no real point um, you will never get around to using all of them. Like if it's got like 50 I, paints I can in it. confirm. Yes. It's not really uh, like if you get a paint set, which has maybe got 10 to 20 in them, um, I'd probably say even like 20 is a bit much, but if you've got a set, which has got like 10 paints, that's okay. Cause you can like, okay, cool. I've got a bit of a, so I'm going to jump in and contradict you there. Okay. Counter argument. I would right. say that, uh, generally, yes, I would agree. Do I, I don't buying like an entire range of paint, mm. um, unless so unless you've tried it and you know, or you've seen it used, and you know that you want to use that, or you, you know, right. you're just generally right. in the market for a, a new range of paint. Then, yeah, yeah, because that was always one of the things that put me off trying new stuff. Was I was like, I don't just want to buy like a random bottle of paint because. I might mm-hmm. buy that one bottle of paint from that range that isn't any good. And sure. then I'm judging the entire range based on that. But then I don't just want to buy a few because then it's kind of, because the finishes are different. I want to see how they all interact. Now, You're right. okay. there's a couple of uh, ranges that I would recommend mm-hmm. uh, the the box sets. And that's pretty much because they, they save you money and they, I recommend them. So the first is what I've already mentioned is Pro Acryl. Yep, yep. That's, they, I mean, th- those are the ones I was kind of leading into the exception of having the smaller box sets. Yeah, because yeah. not, it's not one full set. It is yes. multiple smaller boxes and expansions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one that I would recommend, and this is it's specific for airbrushing, um, mm-hmm. if you airbrush a hell of a lot, and that's like what you do for getting base coats down, or if you just like using the airbrush, I would highly recommend the the big mega set of airbrush paints. Okay, from Army Painter. From Army Painter, yeah, yes, um, yeah. purely because those paints have made airbrushing a hell of a lot nicer to do. Um, okay, I. I never have to thin any of them down. They are all absolutely spot on, straight out of the bottle. And just just being able to go, oh, I need this colour. Oh, yeah, there it is. And it's already ready, and I don't have to go, oh, well, how do I how do I mix this one down? How much does this need thinning compared to this other one? That's um, really interesting. I got sent that mega paint set from Dana Howe, so I've got that to test out, and I've not got around to it yet. So I, I really like them because... Um, uh, the Procrill stuff is nice through the airbrush, mm-hmm. but it's it's just know it having to know. Like, I mean, to be fair, the Procrill stuff is pretty consistent, so it's it's once you know how to thin one of them, most of them are, are the same. But like yeah. stuff like uh, Citadel stuff or um, 
army paint and like their regular paints or other other paint ranges. Like you have to kind of know each paint and how much you need to thin that paint for it to yes. work. Yeah. Whereas yeah. um the army painter air range is fantastic just straight out of the bottle. And that's if I'm airbrushing stuff that is generally what I'm using. I don't tend, to, other than like other specific paints mm-hmm. um, that I'll be using for a, a specific effect or something, I am generally always using the air, air paints. Okay, interesting. Now I'm going to throw a couple out that I personally love. Mm-hmm. Um, they are both an interesting thing, and I would say they're more on the intermediate to advanced end of paint. So once you're a little bit practiced with the other ones, these ones will be worth have a look into. Uh, that's the scale color range from scale 75 mm-hmm. and uh, the Vallejo metal color uh, range. Yes. The Vallejo metal color is a wonderful metallic, but it does, you need to be like a little bit experience with metallics to get the full effect for these to just be beneficial because they can separate if they're not done right and they can it can go a little bit weird yeah but as long as you're like if you understand how it works it can be brilliant the scale color stuff is really interesting because it's like a gel style paint so it comes mm-hmm. out really thick uh almost like a gloop essentially but you thin it down and much like the pro range it um it comes out matte essentially but you can depending on what you want to do with them you if you thin them they go on so thinly that they make glazing and transitions and gradients amazing to do like they and also the scale color metal range is phenomenal as well um but the yeah, it takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, you can throw them on opaque. They're great for that. Uh, that's what I did my B1 Battle Droids with, with uh, Scale Color Birch. Um, and all dry brush with that, and it just looks incredible. But they, I, you need to shake them up. And this is one thing as well. Some of these dropper bottle ones, uh, Army Paint original paints, I don't know if they've sorted out the thing yet. You might need a Vortex mixer to actually get the best out of them. Cause they've added ball bearings to their uh, okay. origi- their original paints now, okay. uh, which will help a little bit. I'm not sure if they've changed the formula so that okay. they're a bit better. But yeah, um, they, they've, they've definitely added ball bearings though. Okay, that's good. Because yeah, um, some of the Army Painter paints um uh we're a little bit oh, like straight out of the bot pole mm. with a pole a pole what's a pole <laughs> <laughs> uh a bottle um army painter is also another type of paint which i would recommend for beginners to have a look into uh they um they're cheaper and they get you your first kind of experience with dropper bottles essentially um another one the monster in the room which i've kind of mentioned is vallejo they are they are just on an end of like well we've pretty much got everything covered apart from the contrast range i think they've or, got some stuff coming out haven't they i would imagine they have they are if they what's his name uh I can't remember his name the guy that paints with contrast paint um uh oh uh what what one yeah that's it yeah yeah, Hidalgo. Oh, has he started practicing with some? He yeah, he showed him off on a video. Um that is their their version of contrast paint, because obviously uh, everyone has to have their own range of uh, contrast, contrast paint, paint now. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's the new fun thing in the room. So, uh, but yeah, Vallejo, to be honest with you, I think they've got everything covered. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you know? I think so Vallejo- my issue with Vallejo is that they've got that many different ranges. Mm. Because <laughs> they're so they're big, got, it's a problem. Big, yeah, because it's just like, you know, you buy from Games Workshop, you know what you're getting. You, you've got mm-hmm. your paints, you've got your contrast paints. That's it. You buy from Army Painter, and it's clearly marked. Like, this is the air range, and it says it on the bottle. And this is the normal range, and this is the speed paint range. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got Vallejo, and they must must have, like, about... I mean, I don't even know how many different ranges. I want to say they're, they're creeping into the thousands, Mark, element of, I, like, different paints. But then I don't know what the difference is between all those ranges. So the, the, the common denominator is model or game is the original thing. But what does that mean? Uh, right, like, so... Right, so, so for, like, <laughs> Army Painter have Army Painter paints, and then they yeah, have yeah. Army Painter air paints. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. for the airbrush. Like, right. that... So, I, I use models so, in games. So how much do I need? <laughs> so I'll explain it. And here's, here's for everyone at home. The the difference between model and game. Uh, so that's the main thing to watch out for because you'll get game color and game air. Um, oh my God. Right. So well, air, air is for airbrush. Yeah. Uh, game color is for normal brush. So that's basically, that's the only difference. But then what's between, the model stuff? The model color. So the difference between model and game, game is verging more into the uh, Games Workshop bright, saturated uh, colors, like, you know, goblin green and the yellows and the reds, and everything's really vibrant and saturated. Uh, model color leans more into the, what we would maybe interpret as realistic or like oh, de- right, okay. desaturated elements. So you'll find a lot more like sedated colors in there. Um, so essentially. Vallejo game is all the interesting colors and Vallejo <laughs> model is all the boring what, yeah. colors. What, what you'll find out is a lot of the model colors are great for stuff like like weird things like tattoos and stuff because they're like really, like if you try and do a tattoo using a dark blue uh, from the game, it comes out really vibrant. Whereas mm-hmm. if you switch to using a dark blue from the model range, um, it's a lot more muted and it will blend nicer. It, it just kind of fits no. more within yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the those are the main two elements of um, of Vallejo essentially, and that's that's where it gets quite confusing because you get model color and model uh, model air, which are basically the same colors. Ones for paintbrush, ones for air, and then you get game color and game air, and again. One's for airbrush, one's for normal brush. Those are the two big monsters in the Vallejo range. You get mm. like stuff like Panzer races and uh, the various you can other get stuff for like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're more like specific. Um, a Panzer race is more for historical elements and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's the main two and differences between the Vallejo side of things, and then they got yeah. all their other bits and bobs. I mean, I've only had very limited experience with Vallejo, uh, purely because it's, like I mentioned earlier, I don't just want to buy random paints mm-hmm. um, yeah. from a range that I don't know if I will want or not, and then I don't know how those paints will compare to the rest of the range. So yeah. it's one that I would need to buy a big chunk at once and and try them. Um, yeah. But I have used their, uh, their metal colour. Um, yes. or one of them at least i've used the magnesium one 
And yeah. It is nice. gorgeous. Right. It's just, it comes out so thin, but mm-hmm. so opaque. And it's just like, oh, this is, this is a treat. Um, I will mention uh, a little bit of a uh, ugly duckling in the Vallejo range is the Vallejo premium range, um, which no one really knows about apart from, I'm the only person I've ever seen using it. And they are big bottles. Um, I think they are 60 mil bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they are basically like white, black, red, blue. And they are... Well, they're like perf- single pigment. Yeah, yeah. They are perfect for all your like base colors because they come out thin enough that you could put them through an airbrush or you can paint them on with a brush. But it's how I do all my base rooms. You basically mm-hmm. just buy a bottle of this. I think it's like a fiver for this black and it will last you ages. So the premium range is one just to watch out, look out for if you're looking for like... Your base things that you use a lot of, check out the Vallejo Premium range. See, I, I still and always have and probably always will use Abaddon Black from Citadel for my yeah. base rooms. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Always have done. Love it. Used to be Chaos Black, now it's Used Abaddon to be Black. Chaos Black, now it's Abaddon Black because, you know. Yeah. Do you, and do you, this Right, this is something that I want to talk about. Paint names. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right. Why? Why can't we? You know, like, so recently I got the new um, Tooth in Coats uh, paint right. range yes, from yeah, yeah. Uh, the Duncan Rhodes painting Yeah, place, I, I know the names. Are, yeah, and it's hurting my head already trying to figure out what they are. It's, yeah, it's Atlant- Transatlantic uh, Games yeah. that is the company, and it's Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy, and it's Tooth in Coats. Yes. Paint range. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got those. And one of the complaints that I always see people like throwing at Citadel and at Games Workshop is the names of paints because, you know, they don't, unless you know that specific reference, then they don't really describe what the colors are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you know what? That It's a fair complaint. Um, it, it's just one of those things that I just kind of accept because that is just the way that Games Workshop labels paint and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then. This new paint range has come out, and it's not just them. Like all, there's a lot of paints that do it. Um, I really like Pro Acryl because they they don't they are they label their paints and they generally are just like, whatever the colors are. Dark green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. it. Yeah, it is just like black green, dark green, camo green. Like and yeah, yeah they're they're, nice. they're a bit better. But you know, like to so this one, they've they've released the paints and they're done in a triad system. So you've got your base color, your your mid turn, and your highlight, and it's right. you know, a, a darker green, a mid green, and then a highlight green. Right. If you're doing that, why would you not just go right? These are your greens. It goes, and this is green one, green two, green two, green, green three. three. Yeah. Or dark green, literally no green, confusion. Yeah, like I, I don't understand what, why we feel the need, especially like with Games Workshop. I, like I say, it's the way it's always been, and I kind of understand it because it's in relation to characters and models and stuff from yeah. their their model range. But yeah. with a brand new paint range that doesn't have models attached to it or stuff attached to it, why not just? <laughs> why not just label like just just call them like green one two three. I, th- I think it's Red, like one, two, three. I, th- I think it's probably like the artsy versus the efficient, and the artsy's won out on this one. But it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, no, it, it's kind of like yeah, no, it's cool. It's called this, and you're like this. Everyone got really excited about it, 
And then the logistics person who had to deal with it afterwards went, oh, come on, man. Because, like, I mean, to be fair, I I don't remember a lot of the paint names for Games Workshop stuff because they change them every now and then, Mm -hmm. which is more infuriating. Yeah, yeah. But um, these these ones, I'm like, I'm not going to learn another 60 names of paint. I'm just going to go the dark red, the mid red, and then the light red when I'm talking about them to people because... That is a better description. I mean, like Games Workshop started off in a kind of good way with it. Where if you think, if you go back, 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 back um, to like GW when they first started bringing out the Citadel paints, they had like bleach bone, and you're like, that makes sense. That's kind of a color which is like that. Goblin green, I was like, yeah, borderline, and then white and black, chestnut ink, stuff like that. Blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, who says it, that blue, who says that enchantments have to be blue yeah I think that came in the like second round I'm talking like the first round of things it was like brown yeah. ink black ink and you're like cool okay I could get on board with this and then they just dove into like calling everything a a, a certain thing it, like say, to- it, it, it all makes sense and it's all it's all to do with names of characters and, and mm, units yeah. and models and stuff and I, I get it because it, yeah, it yeah it ties it all into your, your ip and stuff so I, I do get it but it's like for me for example i was using xv88 <laughs> for a long time right, right. now to anyone right. that doesn't know that i've just said the name of a paint if it's they don't know brown. what that paint, no, no. Well, that's it. If they don't know what color that paint is, me saying XV88 means absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's, it's like a dark yellow, light brown, like uh, diarrhea color. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what it's like. It's like when someone starts talking. If they're really efficient in a field of whatever, and they start using code num- like number codes yes. instead of actually saying things. Like, do you remember when you first started getting into cameras? And yep. Luke would come out and go, oh, it's this, 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 and this. And we're like, oh, big boy wide lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's... That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. But then and it's like, that that letters and numbers doesn't mean anything to people. And and it didn't mean anything to me. I know what colour it is because I use it. But I didn't yes. know what the reference was until I happened to glance at some Tau stuff. And right. I saw, oh, XV88. Oh, yeah, that's a sort of weird off yellow brown colour. Yeah, that's right. obviously where that paint name's from. But I've been doing this hobby for like 20 years, and it was only like last year that I realized that's where that name was from. Sure, sure. So <laughs> anyway, that's my little rant about paint names. <laughs> um, maybe at that point, maybe I think we've probably thrown in enough, and we don't want this episode to go on too monstrous long. No, so no. Maybe- well, be- before, before, we, before we move on to uh, the final section of the podcast then, okay. can you... Give me your top three paints. Don't top have to be from the same range. Okay. Like your top three that you sort of you find yourself reaching for and using on a regular basis. Okay, uh, contrast paints from Citadel. Uh, no, they... no individual paints. Oh, actual. Oh, like, actual. actual co- yeah, oh, not not oh, okay. ranges. Okay. Um, oh. Um. Oh, that's. Oh, you've caught me off. Uh. Black Templar from the Contrast range. I use yes. that a hell of a lot um, because it's great over anything if you want to get a black thing with highlights. It's great for that. Um, uh, I want to go with probably Proacryl Ivory. is quite yes. a common one. Yep. And 
three is really hard, but I'm going to say KD and Flashstone. I use that for all bases for any skin tone ever. Um, and then obviously darken and highlight accordingly. I'd say mm -hmm. those, those are my three. There are so many, but I, I think those are ones I will default go to um, yeah. for most projects. How about you? Um, for me, it uh, it would be uh, the I can't remember it, what it's called. It's lime green, I think, or yellow okay. green. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Krill, right? Yeah, uh, which is you know the the bright green because yep. it's me. Yep. Um, I really like um, Mephiston red, right? Uh, from Citadel. Uh, that is one of my favorite reds. Very nice red. Uh, yeah. I try try and use that as much as I can. Um, and then I would say probably skeleton horde okay. uh, contrast paint. Okay. Um, just because I find it's very versatile for a lot of things. Yes. Um, yeah. Like not just burn. Like it's good for a lot of other things, especially if you like thin it down and use it as a as a glaze or as a a, a slight shade rather than a contrast as well. Yeah, um, I mean, there's so many. Like Gilliman Flash is one I really like as well. For no, you've, no, 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 you've you've had. Your I know, three. I know, I know. But yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's uh, as I said, this is a very compact edition of like. It is. We yeah, could, we could talk a lot more about this, but yeah. At Should some we... point, I will be doing a video on paints. Um, Ooh. So yeah, maybe, maybe you can come up and help me with that. Ah, maybe I can. Maybe I can. We should we should look into doing that. Can mm -hmm. we move on to the fun part? Yes, let's move on to snack attack. Um, so obviously, it's been a few weeks since we've done the podcast. So it's been a few <laughs> weeks since we've been able to sit and, and snack together. Um, I'm looking forward so, to this one. So for this week, uh, for snack attack, um, Elston asked me yesterday what I wanted to do for snack attack. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to have to go out to the shop. Um, so <laughs> I looked at my desk and I saw sat on my desk in a glorious blue and white packet a packet of Oreos. Mm. Now, uh, they are biscuits, or uh, maybe you call them cookies, mm -hmm. or something in America. I don't know. They're biscuits. Uh, have you just got the regular ones? I've got the, the double cream ones. Uh, yeah, I went in, and lots of them were on offer, and I was looking at the double cream. There's also chocolate. There was a party one? There was the brownie that? ones I, I want to try. Yeah, um, I opted just for normal. Um, yeah, well, I've but, got the double cream ones because, you know, we so, all love double cream. So here's an interesting thing about Oreos, which I, I, I found out. The first time I tried Oreos, I was in America. And mm -hmm. Oreos, I believe, are American. Yes, American. I think so, originally. Yeah. Um, they used to turn your tongue blue. What? Yeah, right? It was weird. They used They're to turn blue. your tongue... I know. They used to turn your tongue blue. It was very strange. It was a really weird thing. Um, that was we're going back, oh, twenty years now, I think. So you know when food had a lot more chemicals and stuff that were probably well, yeah, like when Sunny D turned you orange. Yeah, and and well, <laughs> and also made you shit a lot. But um, yeah, the the I'm sure we will see the effects of all that stuff in a couple of years' time. Anyway, yeah, apparently it uh, yeah it turned my tongue blue. No. I have something to say about Oreos. Okay. As I said, they're American. They are the one true contender to what us Brits would class as like the sandwich biscuit. 
So we're talking like custard creams, like, bourbon like bourbons biscuits. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I say Oreos are the one true contender from across the pond that I will happily go, yeah, these are just as good. They are lighter though. Like yeah. I find like you can eat a lot of these uh compared yeah, to can. like bourbon biscuits. Uh, I think that's that might just be it might just be optical illusion that though. Because uh, my because you don't get as many in a packet, whereas mm-hmm. bourbons and uh, custard creams specifically, like, I mean, do you buy the ones where you get like two stacks of them in a packet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot more in one of those. And I could quite easily polish off one of those packets in a session. Mm. Um, mm. So uh, how do you eat your Oreos? Do you just eat them as they are, as a, as a thing? Or do you uh, do twist? Because I, I twist the top off mine. And then uh, I, I have the cream off the one that I've twisted off, and then I have the cream that's left on the bottom one, and then I right. eat the biscuits afterwards. Ah, uh, right. No, I, I'm a full-on chomper. Uh, I'm I'm going in. You like just ram it in. <laughs> I try to tactically, like, chomp it in half. It never works because it always, like, crumbles a bit. And, uh, but I, I, I'm very much a sandwich person of, like, trying to – get all the all the textures and flavors in one hit rather than like i know a lot of people do the twist thing but mm. it's never appealed to me i'm like but you could have the biscuit and the cream at the same time why, why See, would you i saw it i saw people doing it on an advert once and then that's how i've eaten oreos ever since <laughs> well not not that advertising works on me mm. Now I've just I just realised I do a certain thing, and I don't know if anyone else at home does this. For the chompers out there, they go for the bite. With Oreos, they're kind of a lighter biscuit compared to like bourbons and custard creams. I think they're a little bit on the lighter side, as I mentioned. If you tactically bite, you can just like you don't have to actually connect your teeth. You can like, and it'll just kind of snap. It's. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone else does this or thought about this. Or I think about this way too much. But I just did it just then. I was like, and I just snapped it off. And it's. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a weird, weird kind of mentality I have with eating these things. Oh, yeah. I love it though. <laughs> say, say, Bourbon. Bourbon. That's not how you were pronouncing it. How how was I pronouncing it? You were saying it Bourbon. Bourbon? 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 Was I going oh, yes. Brit? Was I, I going to eat my Bourbon? <laughs> Tally <laughs> here, what, what? Going from pure southern Bourbon. Like that. Yeah. I think I, I've been doing the narrator voice too much. Like, oh, get my Bourbon biscuits. Yeah. Anyway, I really like Oreos. Mm. They're not exactly an obscure thing. Everyone will know what they are, whether you like them or not. Um, mm. But yeah, I really like them. Um, they're not... Now, I'm not saying that you can't, but for me, they're not really... They're not a dunking biscuit. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, you can do. Absolutely, you can do. And I think perhaps the the cream in the middle um, will help keep the biscuit together. Uh, it does, so it's is- not... Yeah, it doesn't seem like the biscuit is porous enough to like yeah. absorb, right? Um, but yeah, you, you can absolutely dunk them. But for me personally, I probably wouldn't. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I like a, I like a nice digestive um, mm. 
for for dunking. That is my or or a, a hobnob. Hobnobs dunked in tea or coffee are that's where it's at. Okay, nice. Um, okay, um, so let, we should do some scores. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just having a look at um, uh, Oreos, and, and the reason why they're blue, I believe, is because they used to turn your mouth blue, but they are owned oh. by a company called Mondelez, which I believe owns Cadbury's. Ah, oh. uh, subsidiaries Cadbury's, Nabisco. Uh, they own Cadbury's, Nabisco, Cliff, uh, Cliff, Chipita, Lou, Freak, Tarabusi, Sawa, Apawi. Uh, they are like the corporation Jacobs, uh, oh, yeah. Pascal, um, Dewey Egberts, The Natural. Um, yeah, they. They own they own a lot. Uh, yeah, well, good for yeah. them. Yeah, good for them, Mister Monopoly Corporation. Um, score time. Score time, indeed. So, let me just uh, let me get a, a notepad open so that I can make a note. In fact, I can just do this later. So, uh, first off the bat, then we have uh, packaging. Um, so packaging, they they come in. The, the packaging is nice enough. It is just it's just a foil wrapper. It shows mm-hmm. what they are. Um, on mine, there's like one laid down and one stood up. Um, the only the, the only little niggle I would have is if you don't finish a packet, you you've got to find a way to seal it. Um, let's be honest, who's not finishing a packet of Oreos <laughs> in one sitting, <laughs> right? Um, but that's yeah. the same with any biscuit or cookie yeah. thing at the end of the day. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I think the, the package is nice. It's striking enough. It does stand out compared to a lot of the other packets of biscuits at the shop because it's you know bright colours and stuff, and it's it's it stands yeah. out a bit for me. So I'm I'm going to give the packaging an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Eight out of ten. I think it's nice and bold. It stands out, and it, it does what it needs to do. It shows you what it is, and yeah. It's easy to get into as well. Like uh, sometimes biscuits, like they open weird, so like you kind of end up crushing the top one or like damaging it a bit. Um, mm. It's like the same they, as a cracker packet, where it's kind of yeah. like folded and glued, and you know, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, eight out of ten, I think. Uh, next up, we have finger residue contamination. Um, well, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you do get a few crumbs, mm. um, but. You know, that's just a quick, you know, you, you get crumbs from biscuits and stuff. I don't think these yeah. are overly offensive in that in that manner. No, no, um, no. Not at all. Um, so I, I, go, I go with an eight. Yeah, I think I think eight is fair. Mm. Um, I think I'd be tempted to go for a nine, but I think I think eight is more a uh, more realistic uh, score for yeah. finger contamination. Just, they're not yeah. they're not they're not oily or greasy or anything, but you you do get the odd crumb, and it yeah, depending the, on yeah, the depending on how you eat it. Yeah, and um, the fact that you can feel the crumbs as well kind of gives off like after you take a bite, you're like, oh, yeah, I've got stuff on my fingers. So yeah. but it's like you, you instant, instantly wipe it off, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with eight out of ten as well for that. Um, and then weight to chew ratio, they go pretty quick, don't they? They do go pretty quick. Yeah, um, like 
they like you said they are they're quite light but then each biscuit there's there's a lot to it as well because mm. there's obviously two biscuits and then the cream in the middle mm. um i don't know i think wait to chew i don't think they're like a poor performer they're not like crisps no. um but they're not um i'd say somewhere between a six and a seven yeah That's i'm probably gonna go more towards a seven Mm, yeah, I think I think for me, like the the a better weight to chew ratio would be something like: Have you ever had um, like chocolate hobnobs mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the uh, the chocolate caramel digestives? That oh they yeah, did? They, they chew for days. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Like they are top of the field for biscuits. Right. Um, I, I th- yeah, I'm going to go for a seven for these because mm-hmm. there's a decent amount of chew there, but it's not quite. Yeah, it's not quite that sort of. You always feel like every every one each biscuit should take a little bit longer to to eat, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. Um, and then last one we have mouthfeel. Um, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I don't seem to be overly aggravated. I think the cream does help. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like soothing it so it's not just like a jarring biscuit like like it's not like just eating a cracker um yeah yeah they're they're okay they're up there with um yeah yeah i I don't i don't think again i don't think they're particularly offensive i think they are absolutely fine um they don't don't leave any weird like aftertaste yeah i was gonna say yeah it's not i'm not feeling like uh like aggravated in the mouth i guess and this is the whole point with mouthfeel is like afterwards do you feel like you need to go get a drink or something like that yeah do you need to like flush it out or anything i guess the only thing is it kind of gets but this is true for all biscuits is it kind of gets a little bit gets stuck in your teeth but Mm. i don't really think we've ever really been classing stuff getting stuck in your teeth as part of this so Mm, not really i think we did with popcorn a little bit um, mm, but that but was like, i mean because, to be fair like biscuits and stuff like not as much like these these are nowhere near as bad as for example hobnobs would be yes correct yeah okay you, like, you get loads so yeah mm. I, I don't think they're bad at all um no i'm gonna go for a nine out of ten for mouthfeel because i think these oh, cool. are you eat these and once you're finished eating these it, it, your mouth feels fine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock them at eight because uh, the only reason why I think all biscuits now that I'm thinking about it they do kind of get stuck in my teeth a bit and it bugs me a little bit but that's just that's only a personal thing apart from that uh, yeah if I wasn't including that I probably would go nine so but I'll go with eight just because of that factor yeah okay okay so just overall scores then what would you give oreos as a wargaming snack um overall score i reckon they're nine yeah i'm i'm thinking the same a solid nine out of ten they're high up in the wargaming snack department because you can you you can just pick them up eat them they yeah it's no real issue with them at all um uh, they've got a trump card over like stuff like chocolate digestives or any chocolate elements because they you don't have chocolate melting on your fingers or anything like that. Um, yeah, but you still get the chocolate flavor from yes. the biscuit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, good solid 9 out of 10. I yeah, reckon Oreos. There we go. Oreos uh, approved by Wargamers Anonymous. 9 out of 10 would oh, recommend. Oh, 
um, and with that that ends the show we are we are at the end of another podcast um once again sorry that we've been away for a few weeks and, and mm-hmm. podcasts have been a bit sporadic over the last uh two three months yeah uh, we are back to his normal schedule now back to his normal yes. routine so every two weeks you'll get a new episode um, mm-hmm. I have got some potential guests lined up as well uh, that I want to do either for standalone episodes or for as regular ones. Um, uh-huh. I've not told Elston about these yet. No, so. no this is news to me. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a surprise for everyone. None of them are concrete yet, so I don't want to say any names, but oh, okay. um, yeah, in talks with stuff. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a like, leave us a review, leave us a comment if you're on YouTube. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. Let us know any topics that you'd like us to talk about. Come and jump into the Pickle Jar Discord linked down below and check out the uh, Wargamers Anonymous section uh, on there. We've got uh, different channels set up for Stack Attack suggestions, episode suggestions, stuff like that. Just come and get involved in the discussion and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, fill our ear holes with, uh, fill your ear holes with our essence. Yes, do that. Yes, uh, as well. Um, Elston, <laughs> where can people find you out there on the World Wide Web? I'm going to be sensible for once, and you can find me on Elston Nation on YouTube. There's Elston Nation minis on Facebook. There's Elston Nation on Instagram, and you could, if you want to really like chat to me, Pickle Jar Discord server is probably one of the best places. Just tag me. Uh, otherwise, I don't really keep a lot of track on it that much. So uh, yeah, if you do want to talk to me, just message me. As Pickles said, and as we've confirmed, we're very busy people, though, so if we don't get back to you straight away, don't worry. We'll try to mm-hmm. do our best to get back to you when we can. Yeah. Uh, as for yourself. Me, as for me, you can find me on uh, my channel, The Pickle Jar, or on my live stream channel, Pickle Vision, uh, both linked down below in the description. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me on Discord. Uh, again, yeah, just just tag me. I am I do try and be as active as I can on my Discord Um so yeah, tag me on there as well. You know, as well as that, there's also Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook if you want to follow any of my profiles on there. Also. And that about does it. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed, and we'll catch you again in a couple of weeks for another episode of Wargamers Anonymous. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, this is the point where we need to end the podcast somehow. Well, see, we say that, but then like, we actually ended it quite professionally. And then we we just stick this on at the end because this is just what we do. Well, I think... So, like, we we don't know how to start a podcast, but Mm. we do know how to end one. But to fit in with our brand, we just pretend that we don't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all about timing and the fact that I usually throw a big old spanner in the works and go, okay, right, I'm going to talk like a weirdo. Oh, I should do the narrator. Let's do the narrator. Oh, hello, everyone. This is the end of the podcast. I said podcast weird. That's really weird. Anyway, hello, everyone. How are you? Goodbye. <laughs>